Starving the Pits. It is season two. I am your host, Charlotte, and I am so excited to be back. What did you all think of the new music? Do you enjoy it or should I go back to the original? I personally quite like it. I thought it'd bring the new vibe for season two, but let me know. I am excited to just sit here, chat a bit of rubbish for the next 20 to 30 minutes or so, and just chill out with you guys. It's been a long time, I know don't kill me. I just need a bit of time off because work was getting hectic and I had a few holidays, sorry. And yeah, I'm just excited to be back and just talk things F1 and racing basically. If you are new to this podcast, hi, welcome to season two. If you haven't listened to any of season one, I'd recommend going back. Um, and this podcast is basically just for those who are into racing, wanting to know a bit more about racing, wanting to know about the people behind the scenes in motorsport. And yeah, welcome. This episode is going to be a bit of a welcome back kind of episode. I'm going to talk about what I've been up to over the summer. And we're just going to speak about the last race, which was the Italian Grand Prix. I'm going to do a little bit of a debrief on that. And We'll then have the next few episodes. I'll give you a little bit of an insight into the next few episodes as well, which I have some exciting guests lined up. Okay, so my summer started with that absolutely incredible road trip. I know I've done an episode since, but I don't really think I went into too much depth about it. And I thought people would enjoy that. Everybody enjoyed the reels that I created. So it'd be nice to do a little bit of a rundown. And I know I said I'd do a full video, but I've just literally not had the time for it. I can barely have the time to breathe these days. So um, yeah, let's do a little rundown on that. So basically we started off in the south of England and we stayed overnight there and then we ended up getting the shuttle, like the little train. I thought we were getting on, I don't know what I thought we were getting on. I thought we were getting on a ferry from Calais to Dover, but turns out we were getting on a train. Didn't even know cars could go on trains. So this was a brand new experience for me. <laughs> you little, drive your little car into these like cargo kind of train carriages, I guess. And then you just sort of hop on there and then half an hour later you're in France. It's brilliant. And it was dead chilled and... Yeah, that was a weird experience that I didn't think I was going to, I didn't expect, but it was really easy. Then once we got into France, obviously I had to get used to the whole driving on the wrong side of the road, which threw me a little bit at first, but luckily I had Sam there who was just like, no, 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 Charlotte, you need to go this way. And I was like, oh yeah, forgot about that one. What also got me as well was in France, they go clockwise around the roundabout, which when I got back to the UK, I was like, that makes so much sense. Why would you not go clockwise? But anyway... That was something that I got used to quite quickly. And yeah, so we were off. We went from France all the way down to the south of France. And we went to Monaco, which I'll get on to shortly. But yeah, the whole, the entire trip was just absolutely amazing. Like the roads that we got to drive on, the people that I got to meet. Oh my goodness. I will, there's one person that we were on the trip with and I would absolutely love to get him on the podcast. He's such a like he just every night there was a new story from him to do with motorsport and one particularly to do with Formula One and I was just like how are you not screaming from the rooftops about this that is absolutely incredible so um I think I'll be I'll be sending him a message after this to see if I can get him on the podcast because he would just be a great person to have on he's just such a good personality um but the people you kind of get to meet I think everybody is a similar kind of person and it's hard I think a lot of the time for 
you to meet people for the first time completely and everybody has something in common everybody has something to talk about and everybody genuinely get on and that was just exactly what this trip was I think the trip was made for the people like everybody who's I cried when we were leaving like the last day I cried because I was like I just don't want to go home but anyway yeah back onto the cars and stuff so we had quite a good selection of cars on the trip definitely so we had a few TVRs the car the the whole trip I guess was um initially set up to be aimed specifically at TVRs um and then obviously people have recommended the trips and they've branched out so we obviously had some TVRs we had my MX-5 I was the only MX-5 on there I felt really really cool and there was a Z4 um I think there was an Aston and a couple of Jags maybe there was my dad's McLaren and our friend's R8 which was absolutely sounded unreal this car he had to start it up cold in a um, multi-story car park. And I'm not joking, the noise that came from it, I felt it in my soul. It was so loud. Um, so yeah, everybody that we were on the trip with was really great. We did, um, we split off a little bit into our smaller groups because when you're driving in convoy, it's really quite hard to keep up if there's like 15 of you all in a row. So we had our own little group of like five or six, I think it was. And we'd just go to the separate places each day all together. But driving in convoy, if you ever get to drive in a convoy on some incredible scenic routes then it's just one of the best feelings in the world I remember the first time the first drive in France and we all managed to get on this big open country road in the middle of France somewhere and we were just like I was having the time of my life I was like god I feel like I'm really driving here I was at the back mind you so I was like little legs please slow down guys but honestly it was what a good feeling that was like trying to keep up with people and I don't know it's just a feeling you can't describe until you've done it anyways so yeah trip was absolutely incredible being in Monaco let's just have a moment for Monaco so I I really didn't know what to expect I kind of expected to go and be like oh god everyone's so snobby it's so pretentious completely the opposite like I feel like you sometimes get that vibe when you go to like Dubai or something like that but as soon as we were there I was like immediately this feels so classy like you could just tell that everybody there had this certain aura about them and they were just so like you just know that everybody had a Birkin or (laughs) Chanel or something like that you're just like okay whatever um and we went into the casino well we went to like the reception area of the casino because if you wanted to go any further it was something like 18 euros per person to get into the secondary bit or something like that so that was a little bit stupid and yeah we walked the track which was unreal because you don't even realize I think it's quite hard to know where you are on the track especially for me I don't know the tracks that well so everyone was like oh my god we're near the start line and I was like oh and we were literally like on the straight and you could see the um what's it called the checkered line and there was the whole bit where they have the podium and stuff I thought that was a cafe at first that was made to look like the podium and then people were like no 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 that's where they actually do the whole awards and I was like oh okay um and yeah it's just such an unreal like you it, if you're a car spotter and you've never been to Monaco it's literally like a dream there you turn every corner and there's something insane there's like a GT3 or a I don't know 458 or something stupid like it's just cars everywhere also need to speak about the absolutely incredible thing so flipping Daniel Ricardo. oh my goodness gracious so <laughs> I literally had a meltdown <laughs> so we're just walking right and I'm not joking 
Sam turns around and goes, that's Daniel Ricardo." I was like, whoa, why are we saying this so casually for a start? And he's literally there on his moped, just going round the corner. And I was like, oh my God, my mum and my dad were like a bit further up. And I ran, I was like, oh my God, it's just Stan- I'm just in Daniel Ricardo." I was like, and my mum and dad were like, what? I was like, he's just gone past on a moped. Danny Rick's just gone past on a moped. And my dad had his 360 camera with him. And he was like walking and he was like, I've just taken my camera down. Because he had it on as we were just walking around just so he could get some footage or whatever. And I was like, oh, you are joking. Like, if you've not got that on camera, no one's going to believe me because I didn't take a picture or anything because he just zoomed past. So we were on the train back to where our hotel was. And I literally was like, dad, pass me the camera. I need to see if I've got evidence. Anyway, I looked and I'm not joking. It's literally the last like four frames is just going around the corner. I was like, oh my God, my life has been saved. Thank God for that. So I saw Danny Rick and had a little bit of a meltdown, major fangirl moment, but it was cool. <laughs> um, I think he probably heard me squeal off in the distance, like, oh my God, it's Danny Rick. So yeah, that was, um, I think that was one of the highlights of the trip. It was definitely, definitely memorable. And I'll definitely be wanting to do one of those again. Um, so yeah, what else have I been up to this summer? So I've done a couple, quite a few things actually. So another thing uh, was with work, I got invited to go down and see a BMW iX5 hydrogen vehicle, which was very interesting. Got to go down to the headquarters of BMW and take a ride in the new hydrogen car. I got to fill it up, which was really cool. I didn't really know what to expect to be honest but it was nice we got to sit in a big presentation got some lunch and take some content for it obviously it was for work so I had to actually do work but that was cool it was all the way down in Farnborough so I got a nice little journey out and then I what else have I done this summer oh my god Goodwood Mm -hmm. that was honestly Goodwood was just like taking a kid to Disneyland (laughs) I was just like in awe so I went down with my colleague um Jess on the Thursday because we got to go down with BMW and she was like I don't think your jaw ever left the floor (laughs) I was just walking around like oh my god oh my god oh my god um it was just unreal like there's so many cars there and you just you just overwhelmed by everything it's actually just ridiculous let's see Lando's car and all the F1 zone whatever it was called pit lane I think it was called oh my days, ridiculous, it was just so cool, I was just looking around, I was like, there's Max's car, there's Lewis's car, there's Seb's car, it was just speechless, I was speechless, I was knackered when I got back, but I was speechless, and then I was very lucky to win some passes with BMW from a little internal dealership competition thing, and I got to go down on the Saturday, well, we went down on the Friday, and then watched the Saturday and Sunday, but obviously we didn't watch the Saturday, because it got cancelled for the first time in however many, I think it's like 30 years or something, before whatever, I had a nice day out in Plymouth or Portsmouth, I can't remember which one I went to, it began with a P, um, so yeah, second day, on the Sunday, I got to go down, and we went down with, I went down with Sam, and um, that was, again, there's just so much because I'd already seen a lot of it I was really excited to show Sam everything I was like I just want to show you everything it's so cool I think I found a newfound love for drifting 
um watching the cars doing like going up the hill and they're just like skirting around doing donuts I was like this is absolutely insane I think I've said insane about 20 times I need to like calm down but it was just insane <laughs> like that little um Mazda is it called Mad Mike or something or the driver's called Mad Mike I don't know which one's Mad Mike but it's mad and I'll I'll just maybe put the sound over instead of making the noise <laughs> and um yeah unreal watching the astons i think it is in that um little arena having jag i can't remember but doing like the drifting around the corners and taking people out i wish i'd have gone in one now but anyway so yeah and then also got to see sebastian vettel didn't get to meet him but i was like within the vicinity and i got a picture of the top of his head so i'm cool i'm classing that as a win <laughs> and then also got to meet emerson fittipaldi which was really cool actually obviously at first like I know people can be like oh my god what the hell but like I didn't realize who it was at first we were sort of stood stood by the McLaren area and there's a person in overalls I was like well obviously it's somebody famous and then I had an idea so I googled Emerson Fittipaldi and I was like oh it is him so got a picture with him getting to sign a little Goodwood ticket and I feel like that Goodwood ticket is something I'm going to keep hold of forever now because I'm like oh my god Emerson Fittipaldi signed that so that was really cool and he was so lovely as well like there was a woman there who was obviously to do with, I don't know, like, his PA or something. I don't know. But she was like, right, it's time to go. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. I'm happy. I'm chilling. Let's carry on. So he was really nice. And it was just nice to be there. I've, I've heard so much hype about Goodwood and I understand it now. Like, it, it's just ridiculous. The amount of, like, the prototype cars and everything about it was just incredible the drive there and back not incredible but everything else about it unreal i don't know how i've forgotten this but i went to see the formula e in london and first of all incredibly cheap compared to formula one it was me and sam managed to get it in the it's like a young adults thing i think and if you're under tw the age of 24 it's something like what was it like 60 something pound a person it might have been like 59.99 pound per person which i think for what you got when you were there such good value for money like the the closeness to the action that you got and the the fan zone was so good like you walked in and there's just like there's little electric cars i think they were doing little donuts like at goodwood with the jags they were just like skirting around which was so cool you had like a whole section dedicated to um, I think it was like, oh, what was it called? I want to say it's just called Women in Motorsport or something like that. But there was a whole like female in motorsport section, which was really good and really nice to see. There was also like um, the esports section, which was really interesting to watch actually, because I didn't realize, obviously I know esports is becoming more and more of a thing. And I think that's amazing. It's giving more people opportunities to put themselves out there in this kind of world but I didn't realize how intense it was there was like commentators there was cameras they were all sat there with like the drinks and it was very intense and really enjoyable um so that was really good to see there was also like a little area all about sustainability and the environment and obviously that is something that Formula E stands for and is very important to it so that was really good to have a bit of an education on um sort of how it's helping the environment and what they plan on in the future and things like that also 
there's like a big interaction section which you can sort of me and Sam made like little super fan passes which was really cute and you had like little spray on tattoos which was really fun obviously I know they are quite geared towards kids but when you're in the moment it's exciting <laughs> you could have a picture with the trophy which was really cool we didn't manage to get around to that because by the time we were going to have got to the front of it the race would have started so we just didn't bother also in the afternoons there was concerts we got to see Ella Air I think the day after so we were on Saturday there was another race on the Sunday I think the day after was Tiny Temper or something like that which again for the price of the ticket amazing was loving life Formula E was amazing we got obviously when we were there I didn't realize well I did realize but like it's so intense with Formula E like they do the practice the qualifying and everything all in one day which was really good to see because you I just feel like you again you're getting more value for money you're getting to see more in a day and yeah, it was just really enjoyable. And the seats that we got, I feel like every any seat that you would have chosen, you would have got a good view from because there's a massive screen in front of you. And it's on like a tiered grandstand. So you're never really going to have somebody's head in the way as such. Um, something else that was really cool about it was the fact that half of it was inside and half of it was outside, which apparently the day after it started to rain outside. So that was really interesting in terms of tactics and things like that. Um obviously when we were there it was quite a nice day so we didn't have any of that but oh my goodness the drama in Formula E is <laughs> ridiculous I don't know if anybody caught that second to last race of the season but there was about three red flags god knows how many crashes somebody went into a wall right in front of us the bang that it makes that is so, it's so loud like it made I jumped out of my skin <laughs> We were on quite a good corner though, to be fair. There was quite a, a lot of overtakes and close moments on that corner. Um, and yeah, just the racing in general was really good. And obviously, Jake Dennis won his championship title there on that day, which is really good because, again, that was another thing that was coming into it. It was very much if Jake gets P3 and such a body doesn't get this, then that means it'll get world championships. But if he doesn't, blah, 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 that kind of thing. So it was very on edge kind of watching um and it was really nice as well because on the screens there was a whole interactive thing that you could do so when it was qualifying you could sort of the way that formula e do the qualifying it's kind of like group um face-offs if that makes sense so two drivers will go head to head and then the next two drivers will go head to head and the winner of that will go head to head with each other if that makes sense so you got to if you had the app you got to go on there and then you could predict who was going to win that group as such so that was really good to watch um and be a part of and again I do think that's something that's formula one is missing the sort of just missing that fan interaction you just sort of sit in your seat and that's it whereas at this one it was very much you are very much involved in not the outcome of it but you get to be more involved with how things are going and it gives you a good idea of what other people are thinking of other drivers as well and especially if you're new to the sport and you don't really know who sits where in the table of things unless obviously you look at the stand-ins but you might not know who qualifies well or who races well whereas when you've got this you get a gauge of what other people are saying which is a really nice way of getting into it I think um so yeah back to the racing the racing was so close like there wasn't there was not a moment, I don't think, where the leader was just going around on their own, like in Formula 1 at the moment. Um, and 
yeah, there was one moment where one of the Envision Racing drivers literally just went into somebody and then somebody went into somebody and there was a huge pile up, like a massive pile up. I think there was just one car going round and people just got to the back and they were like, what the hell has happened here? Like the whole grid just piled up behind them and it was just like is this a joke like this guy had already taken his teammate out nearly and then he's just gone and done this and like completely messed up everybody's race so it was one of those what the hell moments um and another interesting thing about the formula e is that so a lot of people by the end were going around with like half a wing and i was like what is going on here why is nobody changing the wings or anything um and then I, I learned that basically if anybody goes in and changes the wing, they go right to the back. So there would be no point. They'd have to come out of the back. That's the that's the rules. So there'd be no point in them going in. If they're a few, losing a few seconds, but they're keeping like P3, for example, there's no point in them going in and changing the front wing and then coming out last just to gain a few seconds. So a lot of people were going around with half a wing, <laughs> which was really funny to watch. I actually don't think many people came in with a full car afterwards. But um, yeah, the whole the whole setup for it was unreal. I'm looking to go next year to maybe two, maybe more. I don't know. I'd love to go to more than more than one. Um, so yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And if you get a chance to go to the Formula E, I'd I'd highly recommend it. Everything about it was so well set up, and it's just very audience focused and user focused because I think that's something like I said Formula One are missing out on it's just you've not got that same interaction kind of level with it whereas in the Formula E it's very focused on you as the watcher and how you can be more involved in it which I think is great. Okay so obviously now let's jump into the world of Formula One for a little bit so I'll be honest I haven't managed to catch many races I've been working quite a few weekends and it's just not aligned with my schedule, unfortunately, which I'm a little bit upset about. But at the same time, I've been seeing, a, I've obviously kept up on Twitter and things like that. And I think I could have guessed who was going to win them anyway, because it's just all about Max, isn't it? Max is just taking over the world of Formula One, which is incredible. I feel like we are watching a historic season at the moment, because how on earth has that man just got 10 wins straight? Like, He's gonna. He is gonna go down in the history books. Let's let's face it. Even if you love him or hate him, he is an incredible driver, and what he's achieved is just absolutely unreal. But I thought I'd do a little debrief on the last race, which is the Italian Grand Prix, and yeah, let's jump right into it. So if you did miss it and you're using me as your source of information, then you're in for a treat. <laughs> um, obviously on qualifying, we were all very excited because Carlos had qualified pole which was I was so excited honestly that qualifying was such a good qualifying if you haven't watched it I'd highly recommend recommend watching it back because it was so intense like everybody was so close and I was like finally somebody's bringing a race to max someone's challenging them you know I was so excited and yeah I was so happy for Carlos and I feel like it's just it's been what has been needed for Carlos like there's been so many rumours about Ferrari not wanting him next year and Charles being the favourite driver, which I do agree partially. I don't think I don't think it's an even play not an even playing field, but I don't think it's what's the word? I don't think they're equal. I think there's a favoured driver in Ferrari. I think that's quite obvious because Charles is like golden boy. 
Um, sorry, Charles fans. I am a fan of Charles and I'm a very big Ferrari fan, but I just, I'm just more Carlos than Charles. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed like he was a little bit sour after qualifying when Carlos had qualified him, but maybe that's just my personal opinion. Don't come for me. Um, so yeah, we had, we had a very good qualifying and we had all hopes for somebody finally challenging Max. However, and to be fair, after the race, after the lights went out, it took him 15 laps, I think it was, um, to overtake Carlos, which was more than I thought. I thought he was getting him in the first corner. So <laughs> sorry, Carlos, for not having a bit more, um, hope going your way but yeah Max did obviously incredibly well he won if you don't know um and broke the Tifosi's heart but it's okay it's okay we still have a podium from Ferrari it's fine so yeah he overtook him and he took his 10th consecutive sorry can't speak he took his 10th consecutive win which is unreal it's a new record he's taken it from Seb who I think was obviously nine um wins in a row and yeah like I said we're watching history go down here there was a few moments where I feel like Carlos was defending like a champ he's taken the title of minister of defense from Carl uh, from Checo this weekend like there was a, so many moments where Max almost had him and they just to be fair they raced really sensibly together as well there was no moments there was none of that they were very respectful and I rated it. It was good, solid racing. But as soon as Max was past him, he was like off. <laughs> there was no like ifs or buts about it. It was goners. But yeah, speaking of Perez, he managed to get past Carlos and they ended up getting a one-two Red Bull finish, which I don't think they've had that in a while. I'll be honest. Um, and yeah, to round thing to round that up without going into too much detail, to round up the roundup, um, Carlos and Charles had such a good battle at the end but like my heart was in my mouth like there was a moment I think Charles maybe locked up and I genuinely thought they'd gone into each other I was like oh my god no don't take each other out please I don't need this right now um but luckily they didn't and yeah I feel like somebody at Ferrari said something like you are prior to this they'd said what was it no risk or something like that you are free to race and I was like no 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 bad idea do not say that to them because they're going to take that so seriously and somebody's going to take somebody out and they almost did so yeah um let's so yeah let's let's delve a bit deeper into the start of the race into the whole race so that's the rough roundup let's delve a bit deeper so it started off with a chaotic start actually so Yuki just decided not to drive his car (laughs) no he didn't um he had an engine failure on the formation lap and that just caused absolute havoc the lights also didn't work on the the starting lights what are they called you know what i mean those lights and that caused a f- i can't remember how much of a delay it caused but i think it's like 15 minutes maybe and they had to take a lap off so we only had 51 laps and filled 52 i think but yeah, I I blame that on Nico. Nico didn't <laughs> Nico didn't curse Ferrari, but he took a selfie on the top, facing down at the pa- at the grid. So I think that was him cursing the grid, and it was the lights that went. <laughs> so yeah, Yuki had a an engine failure, and the lights broke for a bit. So once it got underway, um, Carlos, like I said, had to hold off Max for fifteen laps until he inevitably got him but he he did a great job defending 
Lewis had a few issues, I think, throughout the race. I think there was one point where everybody had pitted for hards and he got put on mediums and he was like, hell, guys, like, this is not going to last. And he was like, we were like 20 laps in or something like that. And he was like, this is not going to last me till the end. And obviously, as Lewis does, he says his tyres are gone, something's wrong. So he had a bit of a struggle. Um, and I think he may have finished P8, 9, I don't know. And Alonso saw out the top 10. So that was that was them long. What was really great to see, I will admit, in this race, Liam Lawson holding his own. Now, this AlphaTauri seat, I feel like he's going to be up for huge debate next year. Like, are we going to... Are we going to see Liam Lawson in there? Because he is doing absolutely incredibly. I think he finished like P12 maybe? Possibly. Is Yuki going to be good enough? Is Daniel going to be good enough? Because obviously now he's broken his hand We and Liam's taking place. I mean, he's gotten in that car and he's just driven it and he's doing well in it. Like in the next few races, is he going to be keep improving or is it just going to stay flatlining? I don't know, but so far he's been impressive and I think he could be a contender for the car if my idea of Checo retiring and Daniel getting the Red Bull seat doesn't happen um so I think that's going to be quite a spicy one in terms of who's going to get that seat next year and I think there are a lot of contenders for it all in all I actually thought it was a really good race considering I've not watched a few and many in a while and I've heard a lot of things that people are like oh it's a boring race again maximum again it's boring I get that but actually that race had quite a bit of action to it and it was thoroughly enjoyable and there wasn't that many bad things that happened if I mean nobody crashed or anything like that it was just good solid racing so if the rest of the season continues like this I will be very happy and I'll be continuing to watch obviously I'm going to continue to watch anyway even if it is boring <laughs> who am I kidding um but yeah we I think it's Singapore next which I'm really excited for this one I love a I love a street race and I love a night race so Singapore is like the perfect of the two so that concludes the first episode back. I hope everybody enjoyed. And if you're new here, stick around. We've got some good topics coming up over the next few episodes, um, including the role of formulary. We're going to talk about some young talent who's up and coming. Um, I'd like to talk a bit more about pit strategy and that kind of thing, aerodynamics, get a bit more juicy. Do you know what I mean? So I hope you really enjoyed this episode. If you did, please give a rating and whatever else you do on your streaming platform. And if you don't follow me already, it is at starting from the pits on Instagram and TikTok as well, I think. Always feel free to DM me on Instagram if you have any questions or anything you would like to ask me about this episode and I will see you for episode two. Bye.